With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And finally, have a repeat ghost, a ghost guest. <laughs> it's been a long few days. <laughs> Shelly Verstraight. I said your name right, right? You did. Perfect. Ghosts are for you. And you can follow her on Twitter at Shelly V6... Oh, Shelly V... <laughs> Underscore six four three. I almost memorized it. I don't know why. Shelly, <laughs> how are you doing? And welcome back. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, like I said, I'm so busy. I'm messing up everything. I'm I bit off a little more than I can chew. I'm not gonna lie. Of late, and I'm just trying <laughs> to keep noticed. up. Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, how about you though? You keeping busy? I know off season just started. This is when we're supposed to be taking breaks, and I'm over here picking up more work than I anticipated. Yeah, I know you're the crazy one. Yeah, I've yeah. actually been taking like the last two weeks off to kind of like not do what I'm not do what I'm doing basically. Exactly. Yeah, I've got like some some personal things going on. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I are trying to buy another house, Ooh. so I'm working. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm working on that and then also getting like my off season kind of straight. So yeah, I've actually been taking the last couple of weeks off. Yeah. See, if I took a couple of weeks off, I would actually get my ranks done. But you know, I decided to jump. Let's see. I got offered to do a biweekly podcast for fake team. So I'm doing that. Uh-huh. I, I do this at least once a week, minimum once a week podcast on this podcast because this is my baby, my pride and joy. And mm-hmm. then I, and I'm now I'm obviously I jumped right back into writing for fan tracks in the off season. Oh, and I'm writing baseball and football. Like, I don't know what I, I didn't expect to do baseball. It's, I think I was thinking baseball is gonna be a little bit of a break, but I'm realizing they have actually a need for it. They want to get really far ahead. And so I'm just continuing. Like I never stopped. And oh, so gosh. again, it kind of all, it's all just kind of come crashing down on me, but I'm, I'm doing it for now. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I have my hands up in like victory. Like it's, uh, <laughs> God but, bless you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna need more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I really enjoy this, obviously. So it is what it is. You got to grind to get there. I mean, you've been heck. You write for like five sites in season, so it's like I'm almost just trying to catch up to what you probably did all year. Right now. <laughs> so, um, where are you still? Where can you? Where can your work still be found? Like, I'm not sure if you've left anywhere, added somewhere. Uh, yeah, mostly you can find me over on Picture List and Rotographs and Prospects 365. Um, and then like there's like some other places that I kind of hit off, you know, Goodness. kind of write for. See, and you're over here, you're giving me a hard time. The only thing is, is I'm not taking advantage of the downtime. It's like, like I said, I'm playing catch up to what everybody was doing all year, but. <laughs> yeah, you keep playing busy and you do podcasting. Like you're on my podcast now. You do your, don't you have your own? And. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm on the uh, <laughs> Dynasty Gurus, Dynasty Childs podcast pretty much. Well, on the off-season, we'll do it about every other week. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where I am. Yeah, and I hear you. And tonight, we're just going to keep it simple. We're just going to – I don't know how much interest there is, but we're going to talk about it anyway. There was just so much going on last month with all the, you know, the call-ups, the expanded rosters. We're just going to touch on a few names that really stood out and maybe see what we think about them in 2020. Some names are a little bigger than others, but we're, that's what we're going to discuss tonight. So, like I said, this is episode 40. When I say 41, 42, I think we're 42. Again, it's all meshing together. <laughs> um, we can jump right in. I want to – you're going to – you have – I've seen your names. Do you want to just go straight – should we make the people wait for the Edmund talk or should we just get right into it? Uh – Let's just go ahead and get in on this uh, Tommy Edmund fellow. Yeah, he was one of the ones you sent me. And I'm like, okay, because I, I, I figured honestly, I really assumed you were going to pick him because he is that interesting. He is that hot, much of a hot button topic right now, and it's like so much for him being a sleeper. I don't think he. I think you're going to see people rate, putting him in their top 100 at this point. Like, I don't know what to think. Uh, yeah, I actually feel the same way. Um, he kind of like super snuck on, uh, snuck up on me the last two months of the season. Like he's actually been just been killing it, uh, for the Cardinals, um, hitting, uh, 308 in August and then 350 in September. Go get it, Tommy. The see, and I've been having discussions on Twitter with like Joe Gentile, fake teams, and other people. And I, I actually spoke about it a little bit on the other podcast the other day. I think he's a great steel source. I just don't buy the power. Like, if you look, I'm sure you look at his minor league stats and all that. Yeah, he never flashed any type of power tool at all. And I understand the ball was juice, so that's probably part of it. But there was a report I have read that Manfred's going to re- like visit with the experts, I guess, to talk about the ball after the World Series. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance I'm thinking the ball gets scaled down. And now we're looking at, like, and I just, like, there's people that really think he's a 20 home run guy. I can't, I'm like, show me. Not one time in the minors. Everything else about his profile lines up with what he's done before, except for the power. What do you think about the power? Do you think there, that step back, that, that step back's going to happen or the? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really think it will. Um, I'm thinking, like, for next year, I would kind of bank on maybe 10 to 15 max. That's where I'm at. You're not crazy. Like, don't stutter. That's exactly my thoughts. Maybe 15. Like Elvis Andrews, back when he used to do, like, 10. Yes. Yes. But, again, like you mentioned before, he has the steal capability. How many bases did he steal this year? He stole 13? 15, I'm saying. 15? Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, even if you don't get the power from him, you're going to get like double-digit steals, and that is absolutely key when you're drafting this year, is trying to find the guys who, you know, maybe not get you like the 30 stolen bases, but if they can give you double-digit steals, that is absolutely gold. Well, and the fact that you got 15 in, what, in, what was it, 349 play appearances, he can get you 20. Like, 20 to 25 is realistic. For sure. And For he sure. actually he actually has a, in 2018, if you combine double A AA and triple A, he has a 30-steal season in 2018 in the minors. So, yeah. it's And, and, the, and the thing is, those the hit tool is legit. Like, he's a, he will be close to, like, a 280, 300 hitter, and his speed is in the 96th percentile. So, the speed will – keep up the batting average like even and he probably will be a high babbit guy because of it too because he doesn't strike he doesn't walk a lot but he doesn't strike out a lot either 
Exactly. And that is kind of what you kind of need to go for in drafts, I think. Just, um, I see it's hard. I, I'm trying to think. I want to ask you where, but I know neither one of us have gotten to that point in our rankings yet. But he's going to be a fringe top 100 guy at this point, the way he's just building all this hype. Yeah, I would say maybe top 200. Um, because Definitely 200. I just don't know where. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Because, I mean, he's probably going to have the starting gig um, in St. Louis because, I mean, he's already kicked uh, Carpenter basically to the bench. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, he's going to be starting next year. I don't see who else in St. Louis is going to be taking the spot. I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess right now he should be about 150 ish, but as the height builds, I believe he's going to be dual, dual position eligibility, like dual position eligibility. And that's really, you know, that's really um, valuable in deeper leagues. And then second Certainly. base, I started doing my basic rankings, like, you know, top tens and stuff just to get him out of the way. And second base is actually really shallow, at least in my opinion, compared to others, other uh, positions. So he might have like second base in general, you're going to see players get boosted just because of that. Well, it depends. I haven't seen where all these players and their um, availability actually lays, lies, though. So, Yeah, yeah. I was um, kind of doing, like, just kind of, like, overview, maybe, like, top tens of, like, each of my positions a couple of days ago. And, yeah, uh, second base is extremely shallow. It okay, is, so it's it not is just awful. me. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a really bad position. <laughs> well, and then that kind of plays into it because then one of my guys on my list is Hampson, and – he did just enough to make himself like relevant again. You know, in September he had what sixteen runs, five home runs, eight RBIs, eight steals. You had like the five and eight, the five home runs, eight steals in one month, and hit three thirty three. It's like he's bringing you back in just enough. He's like he's taking a hold of you and just like I'm, I got you. Like <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm so scared because I I pretty much drafted. Um, Hampson everywhere this year and obviously I got I I got burned and then this past month I'm just like you're sucking me back in gosh darn it you and it's it's just aggravating because it's again it goes back to steel and half by the way you looked at my list I think everyone I I gave you is a steel guy because I'm like I'm just I'm actually thinking about writing an article and this might it's gonna I I wait for a yes or no basically about just you know highlighting some deeper league steel sources and a couple of these guys are on there and ed again hampson's gonna creep out of like hampson wouldn't have been a top 200 guy if it wasn't for september now exactly. it's like now it's like you, you you probably have to put him in the top 200 close to 150 again because you're gonna have people ranking him again you're gonna have very aggressive rankers on him but do, do, do at this point do any of us really trust the Rockies to do the right thing and start him like like they're gonna sign somebody I feel like they always do they they always do and no I I I don't trust the I don't trust the Rockies uh I mean they have to they have to prove me wrong I mean they've done this year after year where they don't give the younger guys playing time so it's like I I really I really wish <laughs> Garrett did not have this great season because I'm just like, I'm going to get sucked in again, but I know I'm just going to get burned by the Rockies uh, just, you know, toying with us. Pat Vleka and... Oh, gosh. (laughs) Vleka is the bane of my existence. I (laughs) I have been yelling, I've been like ranting about him all year, about how frustrating it is that he's a thing. Yeah, it's just... All year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking... 
about like Hampson and I think I'm it's one of those things like as much as I want to I think I'm gonna want Hampson I think I'm gonna let him go because there's always gonna be so I think well I think someone's just always gonna be higher on him than me honestly uh yeah especially with the September um there will probably always be at least one person who is just gonna buy in take him in like the 10th round or something which is a top 100 pick and that's when it's like some of these guys we'll get to in a little bit. I'd rather have over him that I, I could see people not ranking it the same way. But before I get to – I've been talking enough. I, I'm good at that. Let's hear the next person that you that you, that you have on your list. Uh, yeah, I want to bring another kind of uh, middle infielder guy, uh, Kevin Biggio. Uh, he's so – he's frustrating. He is uh, because he is just so good. Like if you're in an OBP league – Yo, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, you you want to have um, Kevin um, on your team, um, but in September, I mean, the average was there. He hit three hundred um, exactly right on the nose in September with four home runs and five stolen bases. I'm looking at. <laughs> I, I I don't have I don't have his actual September stats up. I have his overall. Yeah, I mean he did fourteen and sixteen as far as like uh, stolen bases and home runs. Fourteen stolen bases, sixteen home runs on the year. So you know just the fact that you know you have a twenty twenty guy basically because he only played. He came up what in July June. Uh, June June June. That's right. Yeah, I remember, well yeah, it was with Vlad. Him and Vlad, I think. Then him and Vlad, or was it him and Lourdes came up together? Sorry, uh, him and Guriel came up. I think the same day actually. Guriel got sent down, came back yep. up. And I yep. believe it was the same day. Yep. Goodness. Um, but oh, I, I, <laughs> I think I might actually be taking Biggio over Hampson at this point because I think I can get Biggio later. And, and I might be getting the same type of production. A few less steals, but actually maybe not because Hampson might not have a full-time role. You might exactly. think he does. I, I, I can get on board with that. Again, it's like I might have Hampson ranked higher, but not because I actually want him. That's the only thing that's frustrating. Like, you you try to rank to be accurate, but sometimes you – like, I, I almost – like, I really wish I could rank in, like, my preference. Like, it's just hard for yeah. me. I try, I try to be accurate for everybody else because everybody – you know, people look at your rankings. They want they, – they, they look at your rankings for guidance. They don't want your opinion that much into them, you know what I mean, to where you're, like, you're putting yep. somebody 50 ranks higher than the other person, people, so – it's hard. It's definitely a delicate balance, but yeah, the, again, this goes back to my next guy that I think I can get after Hampson probably around Biggio. It depends on the hype, depends on what they do in the off season, but the Astros and with uh, Kyle Tucker, he just came on and I, he, he was kind of, I think it was, I believe it was, it was a, it was pretty much a platoon situation, but even in the final month and without full-time at bats, he still had the, the four home runs, five stone bases and hit 273. And the guy has, um, hot, um, uh, the prospect pedigree too exactly and he's it's frustrating because i think i'm pretty sure reddick has another year on his contract and we all and and we all know how much the astros love (laughs) reddick it's like a well-known thing at this point and it's frustrating because i mean he's i guess he's i mean he's not bad in real life but for fantasy obviously we want him gone yeah yeah i mean i love the dude like he is freaking awesome but for fantasy he just needs to be on the bench because kyle tucker a um offensively i think he's better and maybe even defensively i mean uh reddick's kind of taken a couple steps back uh this year as he gets as he gets older a little bit and all that and i mean his the fact that tucker could play all three outfield positions if i remember correctly he was like 
pretty much brought up to do – he could play all three. Yeah. That was a big reason why I thought he was going to get called up before uh, Jordan Alvarez because even though – and Tucker at one point was actually hitting better than him in the minors right before the call-up. I remember Tucker actually went on this tear, and he was actually hitting a little better than Jordan but never got the call. And it's just it's, – it's crazy to me that I mean, the Astros, the rich get richer. That's what that is. But uh, – Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's it's pretty much like I I I don't know I just I felt so bad for him because it's like everyone was getting called up. You got Alvarez, you got called up. You had um, Miles Straw, I think. Was Miles Straw got called up. Um, I think there was that? one. I think there was one more. I can't think of either. Yeah, oh, it, was it AJ Reed called up again instead of him uh, at one point before he was no, traded? It was someone else. I know Reed got uh, traded, but I thought he got called up before that, or was he already on the? Was he already? He might have already been on the, the actor yeah. roster. Uh, maybe that was who it was. But yeah, it's like pretty much everyone was getting caught up except Kyle. And it's like, what did on earth did Kyle do? To uh, he did Astrid. something with someone's wife or something. Uh-oh. I mean, he must have. He must have <laughs> something wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So again, but you see, there's a trend here. We're I think we're pretty much on the same page of. Not only are we taking guys with this pedigree, like, you know, a Biggio, uh, a Tucker, obviously different pedigrees, but still like a little bit of a pedigree to them. And they have this power speed combo. And I think what we're, I think we're honestly driving home is just how valuable that is. And these guys are going to be, you know, your round 10 plus guys where you can get them. Maybe this is a reminder. You don't have to overspend on speed early. You don't have to chase the Mondeses. That could be lead, that could be league losers, you know, if they, if they get hurt you can kind of find value with some speed value in the mid, mid, those middle later rounds, you know, the 10 through 12 range, the 10 through 14 range, even. Exactly. So I think that's kind of, kind of one of my bigger takeaways from looking, you know, just, you know, John birdie, I had him on my list. I'm not, I, I honestly didn't even look him up because he's a Marlin. He's 29 years old. I don't believe he just broke out, but cheap speed. He's going to be a, he'll probably, he'll be a fringe top 200, probably maybe a little outside the top 200, but still somebody you could put at the end of your bench. And if you need steals and he starts off decent, you just plug them and play them, you know? Exactly. He was a good September guy, but it's just – I'm not – it's a Marlin, 29 years old. I can't do it. And I'm a Marlins fan. I just I just know better. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, uh, who knows anymore with them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had I had Birdie in a couple of leagues just trying to, you know, mm-hmm. try, just trying to win the league kind of thing. But I have no idea where I'm going to rank him going into next year i mean and like i said if you do i did a quick look into him and the batting average is kind of there the speed seems to kick it seemed to come over in like bursts like a, he would he had like a three steal game one game then he would like he struggled for a week and then was almost droppable and then he had like another couple steals in a couple games and it was just a constant this constant up and down almost like mercado it was very yeah. similar like mercado was very streaky and he's another guy that frustrates me because i love mercado I, I won't quit him but i just don't know what to expect with the power yeah, I, I, 15 was what I thought he was going to hit, like max, and he hit 15 in a partial season. I, he's another guy. It's like I'm, I'm re, really rethinking my ranks a lot because of the whole talk about. I don't know. Again, I don't know if you read the article. I just I pointed it out to somebody the other day. I found it. Um, it's just basically saying Manfred's going to, you know, discuss the balls. You know, basically something has to be done about it. So with that, with all that being said, you kind of have to bake that into your rankings. And as I'm doing that, these guys that were fringe power guys to begin with start falling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I know it's again, it's off season. We haven't really, I personally haven't gotten into that part, but I've just been, I've been so active. My mind's running a million miles per hour, and so is my mouth. <laughs> so, you have, I believe, one more on your list, right? Or did we get them all already? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have. Um, I decided to bring a pitcher. Um, yes. uh, Tony Disco. 
Anthony Discalfani. Um, let me just pull up his September number real fast because it was really nice. Da, 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 da. Let's see. In September, he had a 319 ERA and 31 innings. He had a 25.8% K percentage with a 3.3 uh, walk percentage, which was uh, pretty, pretty good. Um, pretty, pretty good. Exactly. And I don't know. I've always been a Tony Disco fan. I and feel like he always flashes it. That's a fr- It's frustrating because he's one of those guys that he always flashes it. And it's like, is it's... I don't know much. I haven't really dug into him since I've done this. I just is he a uh, two pitch pitcher? Is that part of the problem? Yeah, that is. I thought and so. I thought exactly, so. and I'm just always hoping that he'll get that third pitch. Something serviceable, something just enough to you know really just get him over that hump. Other than that, he'll probably be one of those back end fantasy guys, unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, I th- I think he's someone that you can take late. Um, especially with the pitching coach that was um, uh, new this year for the Reds. I mean, their pitching was absolutely lights out this year. And I just, except for Bauer, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. He, he, he's a guy that I was all in on talking him up so big on him. And man, did I struggle in pitching categories this year? Cause it was him and Thor were my main two pitchers I was targeting in draft season. Yeah. 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 This is why I'm better at hitting because I, I I did really well on the hitters. I really did in comparison. So the more I think about it, the first more frustrating it is. Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, I wanted to just kind of like bring to light uh, Tony Disco's uh, kind of second half kind of numbers here. Yeah. For the for the listeners here, that you could probably take him late, and yes, he's not probably not going to win you your league kind of thing, but he won't kill you. And he's exactly. a pretty good stream. And that's the thing. And these guys are just as valuable. Cause even if he, like there's gonna be, there's gonna be games or if you can learn to stream him right to, you know, matchups, I know it's hard. Cause like, I feel like there's guys that they should, you know, they, the guys that dominate the right match wrong matchups and struggle versus the, uh, the ones that are supposed to be right. Yeah. And it's just, I'm hoping that it's maybe maybe with him you could kind of pick and choose, but you just never know. I mean, maybe he takes a step forward. We have we still have six months. You never know. Maybe, maybe Bauer will get to him and give him one of those pitches of his. Exactly. So I can get behind that because I am I'm, I'm a little bit of a Discofani guy. I've fallen off a little bit compared to where I've usually been on him, but I had a couple of pitchers written down. But then when I look at their numbers, I wasn't all that surprised. But Shamanaya and Merrill Kelly off the top of my head, I just looked at them and. Mostly Kelly, because I believe he had a little bit of a an uptick in his velocity last I checked. He did, and that's what made him like super interesting in his last couple of starts. And it's just one of those again. And Manaya is just sneaky. He, like I remember, he, I looked at his FIP exit all that because his ERA was sub two, but everything suggests you know he's a mid to upper three ERA guy. But in today's climate, that's fine. It really is for so these three guys. I think are worth targeting. Manaya probably with the most upside, maybe. Yep, I would think so. I mean, I would, I would think so. And he flashed, you know, a K per inning basically for now. But I, don't know. I watched, I guess, watching that game, watching Yandi take him deep twice last night, kind of. <laughs> maybe that'll help us in draft season, you know. But exactly, yeah, I would definitely uh, take Manaya um, over uh, uh, Tony Disco and people like that, um, just because of the upside. 
But I was just I was just so surprised that Manaya actually make it back made it back from his shoulder uh, surgery. Um, I I actually traded him in a couple of my dynasty leagues based on that surgery. I was just like I I don't think he's coming back. And yeah, I was a, lot, a lot of people thought that not only would he miss this year, but he would not be the same. Not yep. only did not only did he come back, but then he started a playoff game. Like that's, exactly. that's that shows their level of confidence in him. Now, obviously, Lazardo would have been that guy, you know, had it been this time next year. But right, I'm so excited for Lazardo. I think I might be really aggressive on him. He looks electric. It's impressive. Oh, he was so good last night too. Oh, it was great. It was it was beautiful. He was hitting triple digits. Yep. Oh man. Oh. I'm getting so excited. Fantasy baseball, like I, I, tw- I tweeted out today, I miss fantasy baseball, and I was like, I really do, because same. I, I can't get enough of it. A couple of names, I'm just gonna drop them real quick. One is Schwarber. I'm not gonna spend time on him. I wrote him up today in a deep dive. I was pleasantly surprised. His ADP in the two early mocks were was like 172, and I was like, okay, that sounds about right. It's Schwarber. He hasn't been really relevant in a couple of years, but the the second half changes in him. I, 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 he, I don't know when the batting stance change happened, but he started the year off in a crouch position, was more upright towards the second half. He was going opposite field for the first time in his career, basically, too, at one point. He was hitting lefties, which this isn't, this isn't impressive, but he was hitting le- lefties in the second half at a, at a 240 um, batting average. His career batting average is like sub 200, and that's including the second half of this year. So, I mean, there's a lot of growth that seems to have been happening there. All the advanced stats kind of back it up, and – I'm pretty much all in, and then his draft price is going to be, again, that 10 to 12 round, 12, 10th to 12th round range. And someone like me might reach him in the ninth because I really believe in the guy. And I think he might have figured something out, or I'm just getting sucked back into the Schwarber hype. I don't know. but <laughs> Yeah, I'm just now looking at his numbers, and this is kind of, I was not expecting this with his second house stuff. Um, and it's I'm impressive. definitely, I'm going to make a note to read your article now. Oh, it's, 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 it was really, cause I, I started adding, honestly, I start I, I would read some of picture list stuff and I was like, how do you guys find these batting, ch- batting stance changes? I realized, oh, I just got to do homework. Kind of like how you sh- told me you would go look for videos and stuff. Well, I went on, I went on baseball savant and just started yeah. watching. I just started watching videos of like his at bats. I'm yeah. like, ch- cause I'm like something changed, something changed somewhere for him to be, you know, this this guy in the second half and sure enough that some point in the season I couldn't pinpoint when because I wasn't going to watch all what hundred and something videos from last from this year but I somewhere in the season he changed his batting stance and I feel like that was like and I'm huge on tangible change so when I see something big like that happen I'm like I'm like all about it so yeah Schwarber I, I mean I'm not saying you have to read my article but I would recommend it because he I am so in on him it is ridiculous I am driving the train and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the conductor of the, of the Schwarber train. This, this <laughs> There's no doubt about it for sure. Nice. And um, lastly, Victor Reyes, he's a super deep guy. He just came out of nowhere for the Tigers. He, um, he, again, another guy was just like, he only had two home runs with the five steals. And I was kind of looking at him a little bit and he kind of, he's similar to an Edmund. Like he's very similar. Three, um, a little more K's, but similar walk rates, similar uh, 300 batting average, high BABIP, nine steals. He has a 20 or 30 steal season in there as well in the minors. Like another guy that's just very sneaky, probably barely a top 300 guy because he just came out of nowhere and no one, he plays for the Tigers. He could be nothing, but his, he has speed in the um, 90, 91st percentile. So the speed's legit, which usually, and you know, all the X stats kind of 
from I mean, it's a small sample size, but they all line up. He outproduced them a little bit, but when you have speed like that, you tend to have a higher, you know, expected batting average and all that. So exactly, and I mean, like you said, I mean, he plays for the horrible Detroit Tigers. I mean, they're not great, but he's hitting leadoff for them, so that is something. I mean, even if you are on a bad team, I mean, if you're hitting high in the lineup, that does make you relevant. And if they let you run at will, like, I don't know how much they're going to let him run, but, I mean, the fact that he had nine steals and he played, what, two months maybe? I didn't – like I said, I didn't even look that much into him because I now now I have to. It's one of those, like, I opened my eyes. I was like, I looked at it in September. I was like, wow, I really got to look into him now just because I he's going to be – he's going to – I'm going to probably get him into my top 300 because he's, he's relevant for steals. Exactly. Exactly. So, last two guys, and I know I I keep saying I won't dive into them, and we're really not because I, I did no homework on them. It's just <laughs> well, it's just uh, Brandon Workman and Archie Bradley. These are guys that they finished off the season. Both of them had uh, one has uh, Workman had six saves in, in September. Bradley had eight. Obviously, these are on these are teams that might be in the market for relief pitching, especially the especially the Red Sox. But if <laughs> these guys might be like those late rounds, those, those, you know, those mid to late tiers closers and they ended the season very strong. And I love getting myself. Usually this is where I get my second closer or my third closer. Cause I expect them to be closer to that 20th overall closer range, not the 10 or 15, you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, as you, as pretty much everyone knows, I am a huge Red Sox fan mm-hmm. and, um, I would definitely rather take a late flyer on Workman over Bradley. I could probably get him later. Yep. And uh, the Red Sox, I have no idea what they're going to do. Um, they're trying to get below the luxury tax, so I'm not exactly sure if they're going to go sign anybody. So I think it might be Workman for the Red Sox next year versus no. the Diamondbacks, who I'm, I still don't know who they want as a closer. I still don't know who they are as a club either. Like they were supposed to be rebuilding yeah. and then they end up being a lot better than anybody anticipated. They went out and got Zach Gallon from my Marlins. And initially I thought, I'm like, all right, this is kind of a decent deal. And then I realized we got worked because Gallon looks great. Oh, and I love Gallon. Yes. Yeah, so I'm hearing that from everybody who really loves pitching. I'm like, I really hate myself for thinking that it was actually not a terrible trade, but whatever. <laughs> Well, at the time, Gallon was kind of new to the scene, had his breakout in AAA at the time, barely a pro pitcher. So, whatever. I'm, 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 I'm just trying not to get upset right now because you're getting me there. <laughs> but time to talk about the Red Sox real quick, and then that, this is going to wrap it up. Because, again, the quick podcast, we talked on quite a few names because I'm a talker. I'm good at that. <laughs> the Red Sox, though, my big thing about Devers, because I'm kind of – I know you probably don't like me for that, but I kind of poo-pooed Devers a little bit. Not because I don't believe in the breakout because I believe that there's almost he's almost stuck regressing. I think JD walks. I think they trade bets. I'm being super pessimistic. You take away all that lineup protection and all that and all those um that the the lineup protection behind them and the the RBI potential leaving ahead of them if bets leaves or gets traded. Cuz like you said they're trying to make money, they're trying to make the, the get under the luxury tax. Like I'm kind of I, it affects the whole team if this happens. And Devers, for me, is, like, ranked around 27th, 28th. I think I have him 30th, actually, overall. Which, not low, low, but lower than, I think, consensus right now. But overall, uh, I'll let you respond about your Red Sox. Yeah, I, I have the same feelings. Um, I'm very scared about going into this offseason. Um, because 
if JD walks, I think we uh, trade bets. I don't know if it's going to be in the off season or towards, you know, you know, right at the deadline or whatever. I'm just like, uh, they have made a point to get below the luxury tax, uh, luxury tax trust threshold. And if they cannot re-sign bets this off season, he's gone. I, it, it's going to absolutely break my heart and I will probably be off Twitter for a couple of days, just trying to recoup. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and when it comes to devers yeah i totally agree we probably saw devers career year i mean there is not i i i i love the dude to death i really do but i don't see where he can get better yeah that's why this is it like i think that's why it's, people are gonna draft him at a ceiling and i just i'm not about i i always try to avoid drafting at people's ceilings Agreed. it's a, it's a, it's a value Agreed. thing I like uh, I like hearing your level headedness about this because taking your fandom out of it is really difficult sometimes in fantasy. It seems like you're doing really well with it. I'm very proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I try my best to just take off my Red Sox fandom glasses whenever I talk about fantasy. But as soon as we're not talking about fantasy, I like I'm completely hard on the Red Sox. Yeah, that's that's your that's your team. I just I wish I had a team I care about that much. As a Marlins fan, it's really hard to honestly. I that's why I think it's become so easy for me to be an analyst and just not even because like when I, I have no I have no real like I have no commitment to my team right now. Like I I am I'm obviously following them and following their moves and all that. But it's like they're like I know they're not gonna be relevant for another three to five years. What's the point of really being super into them? I'm like all right, we'll just see what happens. But yeah, I get that. I get that. But yeah, well, Shelly, I appreciate you joining me. I really do, and this That's won't be right. the, this won't be the last time. Obviously, when you get back into the swing of things, we'll talk behind the scenes. And when you have your ranks, you know, rankings game put together and some some sleepers and stuff that you start picking out, we'll, I'll, I'll I'll love to have you back on. And we'll share and we can share your share. I would like you to share your thoughts with me, so we, and we'll have that discussion about sleepers, breakouts, busts, all that good stuff. Maybe some first year player draft stuff, all that fun stuff that you like. So. Oh yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> all right, Shelly, thank you for joining us. If uh, for all those listening, you can follow Shelly on Twitter at Shelly V underscore six four three. And again, guys, my name is Mike. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Again, appreciate you guys always listening, and um, we will talk to you soon.